0: What is happening, XFL football fans? This is the football game plan, XFL game day, brought to you by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. David Hassegan, along with Troy Anthony, Scott Churchin, and Alex Marinoni. It's Super Tuesday, but who wants to talk politics? We got football God, to no. talk about. It's it's going into, can you believe this? We're in, going into week five. We are at the halfway mark of the XFL season. And just when you think you, again, we said this last week, just when you think you got a grips on everything. Uh Uh-uh. Everybody is still in contention here. Let's talk about quickly what happened in Week 4. New York Guardians back to their winning ways. 17-14 over the L.A. Wildcats. Luis Perez getting the start and getting the win. We'll talk about that one. St. Louis continues there. A good run as of late. 23-16 over the Seattle Dragons. Seattle also went to a quarterback change, made a game of it. We'll talk about that in just a second. Again, spoiler alerts all over the place. Houston. Giving, uh, getting a test again for the second consecutive week, but they get past Dallas, 27 to 20, and the Tampa Bay Vipers. Where did this come from? 25 nothing over DC. The Defenders doing everything but. In week four, uh, they get shut out, and all of a sudden, are now two and two.
1: It's almost like someone uh, had mentioned the fact that they were better than their record around week three. Interesting. Someone had mentioned that, I think at that point. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. I don't recall. Must have been Emery must have been Emory.
0: Yo, no say. And any any plugs before we go into our game balls? Yo no say. not even the go go offense. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> into the End of the show, Dave. End no. of the show. Dave. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's get into the week 4 game balls. Alex, who do you got?
2: Uh, I mean, you could really take two running backs out of the Vipers. Both played extremely well, but I'm I'm going to go with the, uh, Jackie Patrick, um, running uh, the second-string running back, who's third overall in the league in rushing, 108 yards and a touchdown uh, in the game against the Defenders, scoring that first score um, and learning he was playing with a heavy heart with his father uh, passing mm. a, a week ago, a week or two ago. So, um, getting his first professional touchdown and just the game that him and both Devion Smith had. Uh, against the DC Defenders, really didn't give them a chance.
0: And definitely thoughts to the Patrick family on that one, Scott. Who do you have for yours?
1: I want to switch it up a little bit based on what we talked about beforehand. Uh, I'm going with Jordan Thomas.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, reason being, in this case, two things. Well, a couple things here. Did I just screw everybody up with that one? Okay. Nah. I was let's say, I'm looking at all you guys like <laughs> looking at each other. So, 20 for 27 passing, 264. One touchdown, but also at the same time, 63 yards rushing. True. And the biggest thing that I also noticed, they had over 40 minutes of time of possession. Now, it's a team effort on that, but controlling the clock usually will mean controlling the win. Yes. And I think on something like that, his numbers were not like top notch, they're not PJ Walker type numbers, but they're, they showed me that he has the ability to do both sides of it. Yes. You know, control the clock and also control the ball as needed. You know, the running aspect. The NFL is becoming more of a running league, I think, as far as quarterbacks go. Yep. So, the XFL, in this case, I think we'll talk more about that as we go forward, but he's my guy.
0: Jordan Tom, the only player in top five in passing and rushing yards so far this season. Troy, who do you got for yours? Now, this was a losing
3: effort. But I'm going to go with B.J. Daniels. I mean, he comes in in spell of Brandon
0: Silvers, like we've been saying. (laughs) It's it's almost like we called that on both the uh, TV and the podcast. So maybe folks pay attention a little more and subscribe while you're there. Yes.
3: But, yeah, (laughs) B.J. Daniels, he goes 5 for 10, 100 yards through the air, a touchdown and a pick, Um, as Alex was talking about beforehand those five completions weren't all on him really if you look at it only one of them was really on him he had a throwaway a couple of uh miscommunications with his receivers but bj daniels did a very nice job he also added 84 yards on the ground and going forward if the dragons do not stick with daniels and they happen to go back by go back to silvers listen to football game plans (laughs) podcast that is the wrong decision
0: (laughs) i think people may might be able to learn a few things maybe with our draft cover as well coming up for the NFL, but we'll get to that later. Uh I'm sick and tired of all the offensive guys getting the credit, so I'm gonna go <laughs> defensive side of the ball. Jarrell Owens from the New York Guardians had himself a day at MetLife this week. Three tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, two sacks, and a blocked field goal. This is a front seven for the Guardians that I mean, I know Alex isn't giving him too much credit as one of the top defenses in the league, but you have three. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're
2: in the top four. They're <laughs> yeah, in the top okay.
0: four. Like, They're
1: and definitely in the top
2: eight.
0: <laughs> listen, yeah. And I said
2: that they could flirt with three.
0: But you have three guys with two sacks plus that are in the top five in the league in sacks, Owens, Kevon Walker, and Wes Sutton. But Jarrell Owens, if he continues like that, hey, might be a uh, player to watch potentially getting to an NFL minicamp or beyond, so we'll take a look at that. But we mentioned a lot of quarterbacks in terms of our game balls, in terms of our game recaps, because this week was just bizarre. Uh, basically, you have a quarterback change in, in football for three different reasons. You're forced to, based on the quality of play. It's up in the air, and it's a decision to be made, and you do it because of the necessity. And we had all three at once, and let's start with Seattle that's the forced one because Brandon Silvers, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, has not been effective. The running game and the defense for Seattle has been getting the by, And finally, the coaching staff and Jim Zorn finally probably realized that they go to B.J. Daniels, veteran quarterback, part of a Super Bowl winning team with the Seattle Seahawks, and he was excellent in this ball game. I think this might, might have been a, nope, Silvers, you're number two now, instead of, we're going to win for this game and we're going to try you out next week. I think this might have been a full-blown changing the the in this one.
2: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what Jim Zorn saw um, going into camp as Silvers winning the job, like he said. Um, it wasn't one thing like they just gave Silvers a job based off his yeah. AAF performance or anything like that. They just said he flat-out won the job, so I don't know what what like went into that, but uh, Daniels was clearly a different element in that game. Um, I mean, what he was able to do on the ground, like you said, and, uh, and as Troy, you mentioned before, 5 of 10, but really wasn't the 5 of 10 where you're thinking only 50% of his completions, you know, yeah, yeah. throwaways, all these other things. Um, he just brings a different dynamic to the game. He kept the offense on the field. The Seattle has a, the Seattle team has a very good defense, but they're stretched constantly with 3-and-outs, 3-and-outs, 3-and-outs turnovers. They're stuck getting back on the field, and at some point you're going to give in. And that's what they were doing in the first half. They were on the field so much with those quick uh, three and out drives that Tiamo and company were able to get in. They even did a nice job. Three drives in a row getting Tiamo and the St. Louis team to punt, and yep. then finally towards the end of the half, they they uh, they were able to punch some in. If they went to Daniels earlier in this game, they might have won this game. And th- that's yep. not, and that's could be said for a couple of games before this as well.
3: Yeah, that looks very promising for, for the Dragons because, you know, uh, that second half, it seemed that they were starting to come back against the Battlehawks, uh, and then it was just, okay, the clock ran out. Yep. But going forward, if they do stick with Daniels, they're actually going to be in these games because it's not like this Battlehawks defense is towards the bottom of the league either.
0: No, it, it seemed like Seattle really kind of found an identity uh, with Daniels in at quarterback because it, it matches that hard running style that we've seen from them mm-hmm. in the first few weeks. They now have a quarterback that could be part of that.
1: And I think right now, going in, like you said earlier, now we're going to week five. Yeah. You don't have the luxury of giving away games anymore. Hmm. You know, I almost wonder, to a degree, so many of these coaches are used to it. Like, say, for example, the NFL coaches are used to a 16-game schedule, now being brought down to 10. Every game is 10% of your season now versus yeah. however it works out, 6.5%, whatever the number is. Yeah. So you have less luxury to give away things, you know. And I think a lot of the – I wonder if these, some of these coaches are having a challenge with that. Yeah. With that mentality.
0: Yeah, a little you know, bit, whereas if you, okay, through four weeks, wasn't the right guy, we still have eight games to figure it out. Now, all of a sudden, we got five.
1: And take it a step further. I mean, St. Louis being the way that they are. Yeah. DC is better than their record. I think they're going to rebound on that. The Guardians, obviously, are now two and two. You Again, you don't have that luxury because you're playing now against three teams that right now have better records and don't really necessarily see a reason why they're going to start dropping themselves.
0: Yeah, for you sure. Yeah, and, DC, and w-
1: yeah. DC, like I said, dropped a couple of games, yeah. but they will rebound there at home this week. So they have to get it together. they got to basically figure this thing out ASAP because it's crisis mode.
0: And Daniels basically pulled a Te'amu impression with his. I mean, he had 84, 84 yards rushing as well as 100 yards passing, so he's up to 184 Just total a, yards. One half, too. For basically a half. So, I mean, that's a whole lot better than basically anything Seattle was doing for a game for most of the most of the time period here. So um, certainly keep an eye on that situation. But let's go to New York. We saw that one where this one was, again, it's up in the air, but semi-based on necessity. McGloin was obviously ruled out. Uh, he took a pretty good whack in week three. Uh Officially, I think it was a thorax. I believe I, I don't think I've ever yes. seen thorax on a, the internet. Is entry. that a Dr. Seuss
1: reference? Uh,
0: <laughs> the thorax is the Lorax's thorax was <laughs> over, in the yeah, I'm not even going to try to rhyme with that one. Anyway, um, but so he's out of the picture. He you know he was ruled out uh, only a couple days though before the game. I mean, you guys were up at practice. He mm-hmm. was still very much on the air in the beginning of last week. Whether or not he was going to be healthy to play, they scratch him. Okay, fine. Figure Williams is number two on the depth chart. Did they go to him? No, they go to Luis Perez, D2 Heisman winner, D2 national champion, had a great year last year, in the short-lived AAF, and he comes in and moves this ball down the field. He looked very effective in this ball game. Was it a blowaway performance? No, but right now, if you're Coach Gilbride, what are you, what's going through your mind? Because you got a guy McLoon who you picked up as to be your franchise guy. Out of Penn State, he's going to bring the fan population in, but you also need to win. This is New York, and Perez did that at home. W- what are you thinking right now? Because it, it, it's – you could argue both sides, but it, I think if you look at on the field, I think there's only one way to go.
1: Right. Go ahead, go ahead. I was say ride the hot hand.
0: Got to, yeah. I, I would think.
3: See, I think that Gilbride is – when healthy, he's going to stick with McGloin. Because hmm. when we were at practice last week, I actually interviewed Gilbride. And one of the things that he mentioned was before McGloin went down, he was having a good game. I forget exactly what his stats
2: were. Um, yeah, he was like 8 for 11 or 9 for 11, something like that in that game against the Battle Hawks. Yeah, he,
3: yeah. He, was, he was praising McGloin and how he was doing uh, before he went down with the injury. And I just don't think that—I think that McGloin is his guy. Yes, they drafted him as the franchise quarterback, and everything that Gilbride has said so far supports that he's going to ride with McGloin.
2: Yeah, see, for me, I I agree with that because when I was there with you and based off his response, it seemed like it was more about getting McGloin right rather than like yeah. getting, not that he wasn't getting Marquise Williams and Luis Perez ready for the moment, definitely was. They were split in time. Actually, at that practice, we thought Marquise Williams might be the guy because he was, he was
3: taking the first, second team reps.
2: Yep, he was all with first team. We, we saw Luis Perez running with actually some DBs at wide receiver. So we were like, he's just kind of getting just, just the throws in. And then in a matter of three days, they made the decision. That Perez is going to be the guy So it was shocking there But I agree with Troy I think if Matt McGloin is healthy This is his team And whether that's deserving, deserving or not uh, That just seems to be what Gilbride's comfortable with Now we also didn't think Perez would be the guy Even though we, we kind of felt like Perez Was the, the the better option in general But So we don't know what Gilbride's really thinking about This could be a last second decision That he he sleeps on all week But just based off of his feel It seems like it's still McGloin's team
0: it, it, it's bizarre to think that though because everything we've seen being around this team and and, and seeing them on, on the field it seems so off with yep. Mcgloin in there he, you know either the, you know the reads haven't been good the throws haven't been good on the off the field the attitude certainly hasn't been good and yet it seems like you you're right i think Gilbride is a little bit just reluctant to make a change but when you think about it Who was his quarterback the last time he had a major coaching jab? It was Eli Manning.
2: Mm. You're
0: talking about a guy who had his ups and downs as a quarterback where he had one game or even drive to drive where it was god-awful and then excellent. And that's
2: also part of why I believe McGloin will be the guy because Eli, especially in those beginning years, Eli was up and down before he became the Eli Manning for that stretch of being great. The (laughs) well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but before that, you're willing, you, you in the back of, in your mind, if you're the, he's the offense ca- uh, coordinator of the New York Giants at that time, he obviously doesn't have the decision on who's the quarterback, but he knows there is no quarterback change. So what do I have to do? I have to work through my guy's struggles. I have to work through the guy's struggles. So mm-hmm. he has that mindset of, I have my guy, and we got to work through it. So now when he's got Matt McGloin back at Healthy, he's probably going to feel, I need to work through this. Whether that's the right decision or not, we all, I think, can agree that it's not. <laughs> but like, that's, but <laughs> yeah. that's that background he's coming from.
3: One thing I will give McGloin, though, is that this past week um, against the Wildcats was probably their best game with running the ball. And yes. McGloin didn't, hadn't had that in his first two and a half that's starts. That's a fair
0: point. That's a fair point because certainly Victor had, a good, had himself a really good day. He seems to be the feature back more than Tim Cook. Uh, Even though Cook, the last couple games, has had his moments where he's shown through. But can we really put it on a lack of running game, though?
1: Or is this just... One of the things that I think we saw, though, when we were at the game the other day, is there was a jolt. Dave, you had mentioned this a little bit, too, and I think we talked about it there, is that there was a vibrancy and an energy that that team had had. Now, granted, they could have easily lost that game. A couple of different things that could have happened. They could have just lost that game, and suddenly they're you know they've only had one win on the season and be one and three. But the team seemed to be energized around Perez. Yeah, you know, and we have you know. And if you look at the past two weeks prior, you know, the last two weeks, uh, weeks two and three, you know, they had nine points, and then they were shut out entirely. They yeah. went, I believe, it was ten quarters without an offensive touchdown.
2: And, the, and uh, to go back on to the other point of not having a running game, so that's to defend McGloin, but teams are going to take away the run first. Yes. If, and they're going to load the box, and they're going to do what they can to stop the run, especially if they don't respect the passing game. What I think we saw with the Wildcats wasn't necessarily that in this game that the running game just was better. It was better. I mean, statistically, yes. it was better. But the reason why was because – they had respect for the passing game. They respected yeah. Luis Perez was going to come in and sling the ball, and teams are not afraid when Matt McGloin's your quarterback. Whether he makes the right decisions, whether he's a good leader or not, all those things can be subjective. If you're not scared of the guy slinging the rock, then what's, Then all you got to do is take away the run. And, yeah, and
0: what was interesting is it was different from when Williams took over in, in Week 3 where they respected the quarterback for a different reason, his ability to be a dual threat. With Perez, he really didn't get that much out of the pocket, but also he didn't need to. Uh, so it's it really, though, this is why we put this team in the middle, though, folks, because this is the one that's the most wide open. It's the most confusing because every metric, everything you see in terms of actually looking at tape, looking at stats, you know, looking at the press conferences, Perez should be the guy going forward. At least Perez, if not Williams, one of the two should be the guy ahead of McGloin. And yet we don't know that. And that's what's the bizarre thing. And again, I think it does come back to the old coach's mentality. A lot of these coaches... Our former NFL guys long time NFL guys and that is going to be ingrained if you do something for 20 if you do something enough for 25 years it's going to be ingrained in your hand
1: it consumes you at that point and it also, really does well to be fair also you probably don't want to tip your hand too early anyway
0: true so well we used to see i mean they didn't even tip your hand and you were there three days out from the game mm. we thought Williams was going to be the quarterback so Keep an eye on New York folks because we probably won't (laughs) know until they do, and they won't know until about a day before the game. But let's get into the last quarterback situation, and that's in Dallas. Um, Landry Jones, who he missed the, you know, he got injured very early on in training camp. That's why he was out for most of training camp, missed week one, comes back. He wasn't having the best of performances, let's put it that way. I mean, he certainly was absolutely. <laughs> what what was quote, the text?
2: To quote to quote, quote Emery? Trash. But uh, I don't think it was trash. What, oh, in was the, it, in I, the I believe text. it was
0: was it uh
2: do remember can we even
0: say that word on,
2: on the AIs? I don't believe we can, but it was bad. He <laughs> it was,
0: was he was bad. It, it was some some body part. I, I believe you can probably figure <laughs> that one out. But um all seriously uh, Landry Jones was keeping Dallas in this game with Houston, uh, and then went in for a quarterback sneak on a fourth and one and um, went down in a heap. I mean, he was slamming the ground. He was yelling in pain. Uh, and MRI did reveal that he uh, re-aggravated that left knee injury that he did suffer in camp. So certainly uh, not a good situation for him. But now the question is, if you're Dallas, who has had an offense that's based around the running game, Cameron pain has been their big weapon because they really haven't had a consistent passing game so far, who do you go to? Because Philip Nelson came in at the end of the game, was meh, you know, just meh. You've got Brogan Roback as your number two out of Eastern Michigan. I mean, you can never doubt a MAC quarterback. You can see Ben Roethlisberger for reference there. But who do you go to? Be considering they just activated Eric Dungey.
2: Yeah, if he's ready, Dungey, he's the you guy. You think it's
0: Dungey as the guy because that I er,
2: that or make a trade because
0: it's going to be very, very interesting, and we'll talk about possibilities there for for trades because you mentioned it with there's a current situation in Tampa Bay now. Uh, that we can get into a little bit at, after we make this point. But Dallas right now, this is the team that I think is concerning me the most in terms of offense because they haven't shown in any one game so far this year that they can have that offensive flash. And now you got to make a quarterback
2: change midway through the season. So I mean, it's going to be interesting. This is a team that's loaded up with weapons. you got Lance Dunbar and Kevin Car- Artis-Payne who are two of the more talented backs in this league and have shown it when they've been given the pretty much given the reins of the game. Um, you've got Flynn Nagel is a very solid player, but Donald Parham might be the most dominant downfield passing threat in the game right now, at least in the XFL. So, and I don't even think that's, and you got a guy like Jeff Bidette who creates separation. I mean, you have everything that you need. So, and for an air raid offense, the fact that they're consistently struggled to score more than 20 plus points a game is, is pretty bad. I mean, like, and what is that? It's the quarterback. It's, it's gotta be the quarterback play. What else is left? And Landry Jones, Flashes, he shows times where he can move the ball down the field. Old school Andrew Jones. Yeah, but at every drive, there's always a decision that ends up at least touching the defender's hands. So, whether it's picked or not, he threw three last game with the fumble. So, four total turnovers in, three quarters of play. Um, And that wasn't including the ones that probably should have been picked off. So, I, I mean... There's definitely the most talented quarterback on this roster is Eric Dungy. I understand though them not going to Dungy because he's missed a lot of time at camp. He just had a pa- his father passed a couple weeks ago, so he was away from the team, and he just hasn't been with the team, ma- taking the reps and doing everything in practice. So I understand if it's not him, but I mean, has Philip Nelson after week one and this past week shown you that he's the guy?
0: Yeah, it's certainly an argument worth making there, but you like let's talk about this because they seem to be they seem to like Nelson in there for whatever reason i mean there would be a reason why he went number one or is it just because he's the guy that's there my
3: thing is they're they're like the the renegades are so close to being a very good team and if they got solid quarterback play they would be right there like landry is he had four turnovers Uh, he had four turnovers. Words are hard. He had four turnovers, and they lost by seven points. Five
2: total turnovers in the game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And they lost by seven points to the Houston Roughnecks, the team that is supposed to be the best team in the league, now 4-0. Like, if he doesn't turn the ball over, they might hand the
0: Roughnecks their first loss of the season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's,
3: and the way it's, that game
1: started, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it's one of those things where it's just very, very – again, it's a confusing situation. But if here's the thing. If you're going to trade for a quarterback – What's the number one thing that the team you're trading with is probably going to ask for? Parham. Mm-hmm. They're going to yeah, yeah. ask for Parham in return.
3: You know, what, you
2: can look at a team. I, I mean, mean,
0: let's just let's just put it out there. Who's the quarterback that
2: you would trade for? Flowers. No. Mm-hmm. There's Quentin Flowers and there's and Heneke, who would be fit in that system pretty well too, out of St. Louis.
0: Both of which are uh, apparently, being, uh, according are to being sources, shopped. being shocked. Yeah. Especially with Quentin Flowers too, because that situation in Tampa Bay, it's good, but it's weird because they, you know, they come in, they finally get their first win. They find an I- identity with the running game, but they don't do it with Flowers, which was weird after watching the first couple weeks where, like, they're affected with Flowers. And that has to be, the, like, the hardest thing to
3: take for Flowers because he he leaves the team for personal reasons. What were the personal reasons like yeah, quote, I'm doing air quotes the over air here. quotes are up? Was it ever revealed?
2: <laughs> yeah, that was the reports were that he just was unhappy with the yeah, role on yeah. the team.
3: Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So it's like he leaves team for personal reasons, unhappy with his role on the team, and then what happens that week?
0: They get the win. They yeah. get the win by running the football, yeah. which was he was. Uh, here's the thing, they didn't run the football. They run the football just with him, and it doesn't work. Then they run the ball with just the running backs and Cornelius at quarterback, mm. who is probably the most mediocre of the starting quarterbacks at this point with you know Silvers being benched McGloin yeah. being hurt with who's left yeah. it's probably Cornelius and yet they win they put up 25 points, which was what second most points in the league this week mm. <laughs> behind Houston and they get a shutout. So now the question yeah if you're if you're William if you're flowers, what are you you, you got to be like get me the hell out of here mm-hmm. and maybe. A place like Dallas, who is looking for a quarterback that can move the football, but they run the air raid. So, is he really the guy? I mean, this is, Stoops needs to change on the fly. Yes, they've run the air
3: raid, but that's not what's working for them. To a point, though, it's working to a point of a mistake being made. You're talking about the turnovers from yeah. from Landry. I, I think their strength can be more towards the running game. I and mean, hard pain has certainly shown that. Yeah, and if they get Flowers. They're going to have to go away from the air raid offense a little bit. And I think it would work for them.
2: And I think they could even go get into the air raid. just can't throw them right into it right now because if you're going to have them drop back 40 times and sit in the pocket. he good balls. He does. He, has, he, he does, has, but we, he hasn't done it for like the entire game. And know. and to do that 40 times, in, you know, he's not the guy like – if we're talking about, I know it's different leagues, and I don't want to really bring NFL guys in, but like when Lamar Jackson gets the, he's a run-first guy, but yeah. if you drop back Lamar Jackson, it's not ideal, but if you drop him back 40 times, you feel like he can handle himself. Flowers hasn't had the same amount of reps due to the lack of time of playing from college to now. He yeah. hasn't had the same type, and he's never played in an air raid-like system, so to put him in one and to have him drop back 35, 40 times in, in the pocket and not let him use his athleticism, I mean, he's going to have to do it himself, but... To have that be the game plan, that just wouldn't be smart. They would have to really feature him, Dunbar, and Artist Payne.
0: Well, Scott, I want to ask you about this because you you are from Tampa you know, you've lived in Tampa Bay, you spent time down there. This might come down to a political decision because think about it, what happened when Flowers came into the game in week two. They were you know, they were booing. you know, they were booing the living hell out of <laughs> Murray. They're chanting for Daniels, and as soon as he got in the game, the place went nuts. And he actually looked effective. Imagine now, after coming off your first win as a franchise, you
1: trade the hometown kid. Like but I don't think I think that might keep them from pulling the trigger. Here's my thing. I mean, Cornelius, I think has earned himself another start. You okay. Know? I mean, because because not only did game manager style, game manager style. I mean, yeah. he did have the pick, but he did have the rushing touchdown as well. Now some of that could be also you know defender defense there, which had its own problems in a few different ways as well. But I think he's earned a, a, another start there. The whole thing with Flowers, though, is he obviously how much does he become a cancer in that clubhouse?
0: That is you the, know. that is the the you worry know, I mean, you have to I, think about here.
1: I go back and forth with this for a little bit here. Now, if he goes to say Dallas for argument's sake, that's also out of conference. True. So now they do play later on in about two weeks, uh, three weeks from now. So in Tampa, okay. uh, St. Louis will play there. So you have to look at it from that perspective a little bit. But you obviously you ideally want to try and trade so they don't have to bite you in the, in the butt later on. Right, But in this particular case, is Flowers becoming too much of a distraction there? Being the hometown guy who wants to play, who's not playing, and is that causing issues? I don't know. Cornelius, in my mind, does deserve another start based on the fact that they did get the first win. He did, with that rushing touchdown, he did take a couple of hits to get in there. And I think that's going to honestly just annoy Flowers even more, feeling that he deserves the start.
0: And I'm and thinking about Cornelius, too. He didn't have a terrible day. He had 211 yards passing, 77% completion percentage. He's yeah. not terrible. Now, granted, you can talk about you know, what kind of throws those were. <laughs> he only had one touchdown, longest pass play, was was 38 yards. So he didn't exactly pl- throw the ball deep down the field very often. But,
1: but he pulled yeah. off a win when nobody yeah. – I think a lot of people didn't think that was going to happen as much as even as it was.
0: Yeah, Well, -hmm. well, let's talk about this this matchup last week because we've got to talk about these two teams because Tampa Bay, I mean, we saw them week one. This was not a good football team. They could do nothing right the first two weeks of the season. Week three, they almost pull off a shocking upset. This week, they finally get their first win and do it in a shutout. Meanwhile, two weeks in, we were thinking D.C. was Kings of the East, possibly had an MVP candidate in Cardell Jones. They've been absolutely shut down. Down the last two weeks nine points and that all came in week three Mm -hmm. so are these teams for real or not because we we know pretty much at this point we know what st louis is going to bring to the table we know they're a solid team from top to bottom we know houston we know what they're going to bring to the table new york is starting to find its identity they've always had it on defense la still working things out but what about this dc team who we thought we had a good vibe (laughs) on and now all of a sudden what happened
2: what happened to They're DC? lost right now. And right now what it looks mm. like, there's a confidence issue and more important well, just as important, they a lack a prep issue. Mm. They look like they're they look lost offensively. They look like that if if Cardell can't move the ball twenty plus yards down the field, they hit those big plays, they look like they can't manufacture drives. They don't have the running game. I think uh, Brissette had a rough week last week But the week before came on late in the game um, He's not really getting play until the end It's been Pumphrey it, um, yeah. Really as the guy And he's been okay But um, I mean I can't really hit on one guy Because the whole team mm-hmm. has been Just all around bad Defensively and all I mean we looked Beginning of the season A lot of people had this From roster standpoint Top to bottom The most complete team And then the first two weeks They showed that and now it looks like now the teams puts, they put some stuff on tape. Teams are seeing what they're doing offensively, how to attack them defensively. And it looks like the coaching staff and these players are, are going, we're good. We'll handle it. We'll be fine. Too predictable. And, breakable. and we, yeah, we, we're not going to adjust because we'll figure it out. All L.A. did and all Tampa did defensively, only thing different is they put too high. They put too high, didn't let anyone, any uh, Ross, Tompkins. Um, Rodgers, any of those receivers get behind the defense. They kept everybody in front and forced mm-hmm. them to force Cardell Jones and that offense to meticulate their way up the field. They couldn't do it. And it's not because they can't do it, it's because that was in the plan and they stuck to their plan.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I couldn't have <laughs> said it better myself. <laughs> Harsh words from Alex Marino. And it's, oh,
2: you know what? Because everybody's trying to find the reason, but it's so simple. They're just, they're calling, it's like when you play. When you're playing Madden and you're playing, you're, you're, beating everybody, you're playing somebody who's beating everybody up and then you just switch your defense and they're just running the same four plays. It's <laughs> so what they're doing. They're just running the same because that's what they're comfortable doing and they're not making those adjustments in game. And when they do make the adjustments, now that's when the confidence thing starts happening. Now you're missing the five-yard hitches that you need to – now the second and fives and the third and twos, they're not being hit. So it's second and ten, third and ten, work down the field. Second and ten, third and ten. And then let's try to get a running game. Not getting a running game. Third and twelve. Let's get a couple – like, it's, it's okay to get five, six, seven yards on first down and not go for 15, 20 yards every time.
0: And, and then you have the opposite side of that Madden equation, by the way, which is the guy that runs the same play 15 times in a row, hitting the exact same that route. Was, that that was, was Dallas.
2: That was Dallas with Parham. <laughs> with Parham. Okay. Well, oh, all
0: right. hitch route at eight yards, bang. Hitch route, eight yards, bang. Hitch route, eight yards. Stop yeah. <laughs> the route. They finally doubled him up. Oh, no, I have to do something else. But, no, you're right, though. It has become a very – it's not – it's one-dimensional in the sense that there is no backup plan. It's not one-dimensional in that they only pass to the only one. It's one-dimensional because they have no backup plan. I mean, Cardell Jones, the first –
3: like you said, first two weeks of the season looked like straight MVP – Last two weeks he looks like he can't hit the side of a barn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he went nine for twenty two in this one for only seventy two yards and a pick. What he I think the week before didn't he four have four picks. Four picks. So five yeah. picks and no touchdowns the yeah. last two weeks. Yeah, that's mm. wild. And this is a guy who has had never lost a game. Mm-hmm. Had
1: never lost a game I, in his career. I, which makes me wonder if that also has a psychological effect. Yeah. Oh, it, it has to. you never you never got th- you never got kicked in the teeth earlier on. And now you've gotten it twice in a row. Yep. Yeah, and I, think, I think they'll be better this week. I'm sorry, go
2: ahead. No, I was just real quick point for you. What also happened is that he played at Ohio State. How many times mm-hmm. when he had to come into the game, did they have a lead already? He had a play, his two, his, his, I'm just saying, his first two games with D.C., The te- um, they start with the ball, they come down the field, they get that first drive score. A lot of teams can. Even Adam Gase can, predict, uh, can work a first drive score, right? <laughs> they go down, they get the score, everyone's feeling good, and he's working with the lead. And to, then the defense gets the touchdowns for him. And, and, and that's right, and the defense has been able to, to, to both uh, first both two weeks were able to get to six. So now you're talking about a week where you're starting from behind, you've just lost your first game, all of a sudden, it's like, this is pressure I haven't faced before, mm-hmm. at least at this level.
1: Yeah. At any level. <laughs> Literally. But see, now that obviously now we are halfway through the season, yeah. there's so much more tape to work with. Yes, so no, more... exactly. Back into Alex's point there, uh, yeah. yeah. Early on, you basically just had a bunch of guys that got together. They knew their stuff, but, no, but nothing about the opponent. Now that you have this, you're seeing defenses starting to get a little bit better in some ways and starting to crack down because they're seeing nuances in the offense. Yeah. They're seeing repeat patterns. They're seeing all this kind of stuff because you d- you start to actually when you see something long enough, patterns start to form. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening. I think with every team now. Yeah, for, for the most part, except for maybe except, St. Louis. I was going to say. Well, I was going to say possibly Houston. And Houston, yeah, yeah, they're the
0: only teams that really have kind of yeah. adjusted week to week. I would not throw Houston in there
3: because every almost every week Houston has been scored on. I think Houston True. From defensively, d- from they d- are d- not. D- defensive. Yeah. Defensive. Yeah, they Houston has been scored on. Their offense is extremely strong. It's one of those, okay, can we're just going to outscore you type of teams. And that's what I think could be Houston's downfall in the long run.
0: Yeah, no, for sure about that. And let's talk about Tampa Bay, though, for a second, because they're on the opposite side of the coin where, again, they could do nothing right. Last couple weeks, they've looked very, very good. They finally found an identity. And especially on defense, for the most part, they've been excellent. I mean that that I mean you go back to last week, yeah they allowed 34 points, but again to Houston, yeah <laughs> like everyone's allowing that kind of numbers to Houston. They still have put up 27. They now put up 25. Again second best point total this week, and they pitched a shutout. Tampa Bay all of a sudden has decided okay, yeah we can start playing now. And then and, and again with this being only a 10 week season, we're only four weeks in. Only one team has a zero in either the win or the loss column. Every team right mm-hmm. now is absolutely in the playoff hunt. And it looks like Tampa Bay is starting to go into a peak right in the middle of the season. It looks like they're in the right spot. Well, what we see with Tampa Bay is the,
3: all the whole season they have been able to move the ball.
0: They yes. have, yeah, they've and then they just get the shut the down at the red zone.
3: Exactly, they get shut down in the red zone or just on the fringe of the red zone. But what they've been able to do these past weeks is get those field goals or get it in the end zone, and it's starting to show th- what their production can truly be. <laughs> and not, not to
1: mention not turning the ball over as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's For, like a huge part. With f-
0: with, Mar- with Murray in charge,
1: there was a pick almost every like every two drives. Six turnovers the first two games to the last in the last two combined.
2: There Listen. you go.
1: Yeah. LSU still beats him by 20. <laughs> oh, no, here it is. Here it starts again. And there it Dude, is. Now right. Right. Let's, let's, let's time stamp this so we can send it to Emory.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're at the 33:54 mark. Okay, here we go. But no, you're you're right. It, it, the the turnovers have been a major factor. Uh, again, the one thing you can say about Cornelius is that he takes control, takes care of the football. I mean, he had no sacks in this last game. Uh, he was able to get the ball away when he needed to. When he runs the ball, keeps it secure. Doesn't really. He doesn't force things. He doesn't become a game-breaker, obviously, in the passing game. He can't stay safe with his throws, which can be a detriment, but sometimes it can be an advantage.
2: That's also because last game he didn't have to, and right. that's been a part of it. Tampa Bay, um, we've mentioned it before, they they probably have the best, if not the best, one of the best offensive lines in the game. Yes. They, they've had yes. All, even their, their two bad losses the first two weeks. It wasn't because... People, the teams were getting to the quarterback. It wasn't because they didn't have a running game. There's a reason why Smith and Patrick are top one and three in the league in rushing. I mean, this running yep. game is legit, and all you have to do is not screw up and make those timely on-target throws, which sounds easier said than not, but when it's constantly third and three, third and twos like we were talking about with um, DC's problem right now, they're working with those better drives, and they're able to do that. And when you're running the ball so well, teams are stacking the box. So we're gonna we're going to see as teams go, it's I'm not gonna say it's easy, but the blueprint is easy to stop the Vipers. Put the game in Taylor Cornelius's hands, where he has to make third and pl- third plus five and six-yard decisions, not third down and two decisions.
0: And what's interesting with this league and just in general is that you're seeing the familiarity that you used to see in the old days of baseball and football and football and hockey, where you play these guys so often, you're gonna see it more often what they are able to do. Whereas in the NFL, yeah, you play your division rivals, but usually it's like
2: week two and week fourteen. And you're also not playing them in the, in the uh, off season in the spring in um, preseason when like the right. NFL, uh, like they had to in the XFL, everybody yeah. played each other
0: exactly. And you're playing every team at least once, so you're going to see this these guys over and over and over again. You're going to realize what they do. But with Tampa Bay, you mentioned if, if, again, we were talking about you know potentially in the future, you know how would these guys get picked up to NFL rosters? If I'm an NFL GM, I'm looking at this offensive line and saying I'll take any one of them <laughs> as either you know as a solid. You know, not as a starter. I, You know, obviously you're going for the XFL for a reason. But as a solid, yeah, I need that guy on my team to at least, at minimum, push for competition. If not, be a solid backup if I need him. But the running game has been outstanding. I mean, Smith and Patrick have been... I mean, it sounds like a great law firm to be perfectly honest. Smith and Patrick Law and Lawyers. But 230 yards combined? Mm-hmm. Like, Cordelius doesn't need to throw the ball more yeah, than... You know, he threw the ball 31 times. He ru- doesn't even need to do that.
2: When you can rush between your two running backs 45 times for over 230 yards, it really needs a bad day from your quarterback <laughs> yeah. to screw that one up. You mean,
0: or Aaron Murray. <laughs> <laughs> or just, well, in general,
1: Aaron Murray. Well, one opens up the other.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I'm absolutely, sure it does. absolutely it does. You know,
1: one of the things that we noticed about the L.A. game is that they passed for more than a full quarter straight. Yeah. 25 straight 20, 25 straight pass plays without a run.
0: Yeah, because Carter was shut down that. in that game.
2: Well, Carter, Carter wasn't in, in the game. Well, but, that's why uh, Carter was injured. It was but yeah. Ro- Rose was shut down, and, and they right away got away from um, – Rose, uh, Harris. Hood.
0: Yeah. Hood, Whitfield. Harris nothing. was the most effective one. Yeah, and he was really the only one who did anything. But, yeah, no, they, they you found the, found the strength, and this is one of the few times where you could see that, especially with that L.A. game against New York. But Tampa Bay, I mean, they shut down everything D.C. Mm-hmm. did. I mean, everything. In this game. And if they continue to do that, who knows where this team could end up. Because, again, you're looking at a, at a four-team division. Two teams are making it. And all four teams in each division have a shot right now. In
1: your opinion, how many wins? I mean, seven wins I think is safe to say you'll get in. Can you get in with six? I mean, there's still so
2: much. You don't know mm-hmm. if a team gets on a heater or anything like that. I mean, like obviously that. it's all the tiebreakers yeah. and everything like that. I mean, with you- with only four four teams in each division, you would think six would. And, and coming up to the halfway point... All teams could be at two. The best team, other mm. than the Roughnecks and Battlehawks, right now, that second place team at best is going to have three wins. So, mm. so half the season to get three more wins that, uh, to get and six total. That's obvious. That's definite. Like uh, I'm not gonna say definitely in, but that could be enough to push you in.
0: I, I think seven might be the borderline. To be mm. perfectly honest, if okay. you get that seventh, you're done. Du- you're in there. You're yeah, du- seven you're three to seems go. to be like you're six, in, and then seven, six seven. and four
2: is like you're, you're ten and six, nine and seven sort yeah, of deal. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah.
0: yeah. right now you got. We got three teams at 500 with mm-hmm. D.C., New York, and Dallas. None of which have really blown us away as a total game plan like Houston and St. Louis have. But on the outside, Tampa Bay is coming up nicely. L.A. under Josh Johnson has finally started to find a rhythm. Didn't have it last week, but are starting to find a rhythm. Seattle, they just made a quarterback change. Again, will we see that dynamic shift? Houston and St. Louis right now, even they can't feel like they're safe mm-hmm. because Houston's been absolutely tested the last yeah. two weeks. And St. Louis, I mean, again, St. Louis just keeps rolling along. But even they had problems with Seattle. And we were talked about this a little bit. If you go and watch the show, uh, coming up on Friday, we talk about this, Alex and I. Uh, all eight teams really started with a level playing field mm-hmm. in this league. Where again, with the NFL, yeah, the worst teams had the best draft picks. Yes, that you know that goes through and whatever. But this one, you can see the parity in this league is from one to eight where everybody had the same formation, had the same chances, everybody had the same ability to draft the way they wanted to from the ground. And you don't get that with a franchise that's been around for 80 years like the Giants have. Or even, you know, since the Jets have been around. You can't do that because it's just always been something there. You're starting to see the parody now, and that's what makes this this league so exciting, is that you have no clue. Like, Alex, you had a good streak going. You were, what, 11 straight predictions?
2: Ten and 10-0, yeah. 10-0? And, and then... Where the hell is that? Whoa, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa! Thirteen and three. <laughs> <laughs> like so, you, you've been the, well, the one person I've been I'm, able to trust. I'm a one seed right now, still. So yeah, I'm Again, yeah, yeah, my dude. first round bye. I want to hear that. <laughs> but. March Madness, folks, it's, it's
0: coming, it's coming. But no, it, it, you're like the one person that's actually been relatively reliable at predicting these games because I mean, it's been wild.
2: It has, and that's why I, that's why I was so shocked, and I was making the jokes to you guys like early on, where I was like, I'm five and zero, oh, six and zero, oh, seven, and oh, because. <laughs> you don't know because it's After such a game, brand folks. new every <laughs> game but it's a it's a brand new league these guys like we were mentioned on the show that it's not like the NFL where you have the same core so you got you you know the type of guys it's pretty much are those new guys going to be impact players right. this is all brand new thrown together here it goes so that's why I was like well at 8-0 or 10-0 I was like that's pretty damn good. A little lucky, but pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. Not lucky at all. I'm a guru.
1: I think as <laughs> <laughs> it's, tough to be, it's tough to be him, but somebody has to do it. You know? <laughs> it's tough to be him. Yeah. Uh, I think as the years do roll on, knock on wood, yes. uh, I think the disparity will be more pronounced more quickly. Yeah. You know, but I think, like you said, level playing field right now, because it is year one, literally four weeks in, or a month in. Right, But I think as you get to year two and year three, that disparity is going to be showing up a lot more quickly.
3: I mean, you, you think that, but yet once we get to year two and year three, you've got to think about expansion here. Yeah. so I mean, like, I disagree with
1: nothing I have to say today. No,
0: no, no, I'm not, no. So got, he, so he is everything. He is every, he's disagreeing that, with everything.
3: He's sitting in the same spot pretty
1: much today too, if you notice. I'm just saying though, like, <laughs>
3: uh, next year you gotta you gotta feel that there's gonna be two more, at least two more teams, because you gotta even out the divisions, right? So you're talking about the disparity between these eight teams, but then you got these two that are gonna come on, and then we're gonna have to. Are they going to draft two quarterbacks first? Like, we had the quarterback draft first in the XFL uh, when when it first started, and then from there, how are they going to build out their rosters? We don't know that yet.
2: Well, we do know – the one thing we do know is that um, even though these are one-year contracts, the XFL still owns the rights to these players. Yeah. So, at the very least, if these guys go to the NFL next year, the ones that do go – and the ones that don't obviously still be on the team, but the ones that do go to the NFL, if they're just practice squad guys or they only made the you know, one or two weeks – they could say I'm coming back as long as the, I guess in the NFL contract that's allowed. Mm-hmm. So, um, so at least at least going into next year for the most part, maybe yeah, PJ Walker's gone, so all of a sudden Houston has a brand new scheme or whatever. But um, for the most part, you're gonna get majority of these guys back. It seems like, and yeah. with all yeah. the you know the extra guys that this might bring, all the the kids second year guys in college. I don't want to play. We've talked about this though, so yeah. I won't go too much, but. You're right. We could see two, three, four more teams. We might see a couple of quarterbacks, which obviously, if you look at the teams, that's the only thing that's that separated the parity in this league has been who's had the better quarterback play. And now that Perez is in, now that Daniels is in, now that Cornelius is taking over, and if, probably even better if it was Flowers, but all of a sudden these teams are winning or relevant. So we don't know going forward what's going to be, to Troy's point, that if there's two more teams, who the hell knows?
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be wild and bizarre to be sure. Uh, I mean, I think I, I'm not. I mean, obviously, you've got your betting lines, you've got your best bets, but I don't think I'm gonna put any money on this XFL season at this point because
2: it's just so open. I got mine weekly, it's especially coming up. I don't care what the number is. Renegades with a backup quarterback. Guardians unsure. You're going yeah. under, under. <laughs> I'm almost I'm almost house under with Guardians games right now. House under. I'll uh, check with check with the wife and it's, make sure if, that's fine. listen, oh, yeah. listen if. If Luis Pres is not starting this week, house under. <laughs>
0: house under for sure. All I'm saying, though, another market that we can talk about expansion, Billings. Put it in Montana. See what happens. All I'm saying, you see the University of Montana games? They're nuts. Anyway, let's get into week five because these games, again, are we ready to predict these ones? Because this is going to be – some of these are just intriguing let's as hell. Let's do it. Let's start with Saturday's action. Seattle at Houston, 2 p.m. ABC on this one. Houston, the only team with a zero in the win column, and the loss column, excuse me, 4-0. Seattle just made a quarterback change. It looks like it's a permanent quarterback change because he did it right at the half. B.J. Daniels was more than effective in that half of football, 184 yards total. But, again, this is Houston. Are they going to be able to, but they haven't been able to stop anybody this year. Can they stop B.J. Daniels?
2: That's the question. I mean, it's this is going to be low-key a great, great game. If Brandon Silvers was the quarterback, Nope, but no, with, <laughs> but with BJ Daniels, Jeez. this this is gonna be a this can be a great game because we've seen Houston give up points. So even yes. with even with Silver's, I'll be fair to him; he probably could have a couple. He he was very good in those first couple of drives, and then that's when he stalled out the rest of the game yeah. over the past couple of weeks. If he if Daniels is in and he's the guy and he's getting the first team reps, he could put up points against this rough next defense. And this defense for Seattle is good enough to make some stops. This is going to be a one-score game again. And uh, I'm not going to give you a prediction, but I will say that it's going to be a hell of a game if B.J. Daniels is the guy.
3: No, bro, this is predictions here. This is mm-hmm. predictions. Emery's let's, not let's, here. Let's get Predict. it. Let's get it.
2: Oh, you know what? I didn't do these games on the show. All right. You so did I'll not. Do, I'll, I'll do the Saturday game. Fine. Fine. I'll do the Saturday games. I'm going to go dr- roughnecks. I'm going to go roughnecks. But, like, like I'm talking thirty. To, it's weird scoring. So I'm going to say one score 30 to 20 something. That's how I'm doing that. Low 30s yeah. to
1: high 20s. You said the spread was what 13 and a half?
3: 13 and a half. No, they're Jeez. covering. They're covering. Covered the, the Dragons. Definitely covered. Scott? I'm going to say they're
1: not going to cover.
0: Uh-oh.
1: I'm going to I'm going to go basically in this case I'm going to say Houston will well will, will take uh I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm going to take uh Houston with a 13 and a half. Wow. Um wow. That's here's a lot of points. <laughs> I know I know I know. But Have they
2: and, covered that all year? I'm just curious.
1: I don't um, think so. I think right now the home crowd's going to help. True. They are at home. I think Seattle, like I said, I think you're right about the quarterback situation, but I still feel that they're just too disheveled right now. Okay. I think a little too too uncomfortable there. Um, I don't know. It remains to be seen.
0: And P.J. Walker, we know with him, it's quick strike offense with him and Cam Phillips. Although, what we did see with Cam Phillips is that he was – tightly covered in the last That's game. That's what
1: I'm saying. In 44 this, of
0: 45, he had press coverage on him.
1: I was literally going to say that. He had a he basically had a nothing game. Yeah. But P.J. Walker did not. Which means that there's options out there. It's like, okay, well, you know, the whole the whole thing the entire season has been, you know, Walker to Phillips, Walker to Phillips. Take out Phillips, fine. They still scored 27 anyway.
0: But Seattle's secondary is solid. Mm. Yes, what it is. What do you is. think, Troy?
3: I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a tough game for the Roughnecks. Um, Like we I said earlier, they do let up a lot of points, and that is their kryptonite. The defense doesn't hang with their offense. Their offense is the Roughnecks' offense is truly explosive. It is. They can put points up on you at any time. But it's going to be interesting. Interesting to see what this um, Roughnecks defense can do with a mobile quarterback like BJ Daniels back there, because we saw with their game against the Battlehawks what
0: Teama was able to do, and that was a close game as well. And uh, just as that, rather well, Houston. First in touchdowns four, but second in touchdowns allowed. Yeah. So, we'll keep an eye on that one. Moving to the second game on Saturday, 5 p.m. on Fox. Talk about question marks. New York at Dallas. We know it's not going to be Landry Jones, but we don't know, and we don't have a clue, and I don't think even the Guardian staff has a clue, who's starting a quarterback for them and their struggling offense, although their defense has allowed the second-fewest touchdowns in the XFL this season with eight. They've only scored five. They certainly showed some potential last week against LA with Luis Perez in there but this is really this is one hard to predict because there's so many question marks around this game
2: yeah this team the Guardians need to play better on the road there are two yes. road games they looked like all facets of the game they were they were outmatched now the quarterback obviously highlights everything especially when the offense isn't putting up points but both games at DC at St. Louis great uh, well DC at the time but um, St. Louis are a great team I get that but They were outplayed, and they looked like they got off the bus and weren't ready to play in both of those games. They're going to need to come out like it's a home game, like they were last week against the Wildcats, ready to win this game because this is a winnable game. Renegades have a very good defense, but this Guardians defense could earn their way up those rankings and take one or two back to the house this week. Only at number four. What a a surprise.
0: What a surprise. (laughs) Anyway, Scott, thoughts?
1: This is... Easily the most ed- enigmatic game I think of the four. Yes. In my mind. Good word. Enigmatic. The there we go. We some, can can you define uh, that for me, please? <laughs> uh, Definition. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're <laughs> talking <laughs> to football can people, s- not nerds.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh
0: N word, nerds. No, <laughs> no. How about this?
1: Me not know what do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, going okay. Anyway, into the yeah. game. I mean, like, like I said, there is so much curiosity on both sides, on both teams here. Yeah. You know, I think, honestly, I gotta go. I gotta go with Dallas on this one. Okay. You know, I think the way that you know the Guardians were they got the win emotionally huge granted. But that was a game that for all intents and purposes they very 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 easily could have lost last week. Fair enough. You know, had Spruce been in there for example, I think basically LA would have won that game. But but Interesting.
3: yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I can't I can't debate that. Um this is going to be a good game. This is the battle of the I don't know who's quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Battle of question marks. It really is. But I'll tell you what. If the Guardians can run the ball like they did last week with Victor. Victor was effective, yes. And if that front seven for the Guardians continues to show up, this I think the Guardians could take this one. But it's going to be interesting because you don't know who's going to be at the helm for the Renegades. And the Renegades' offense could be very v- formidable if the right person is back there.
0: It might not even matter with the quarterbacks in this game because you've got the matchup of Cameron Ars payne versus Darius Victor. And you also have Artis Payne versus that Guardian's front seven, who, as we've seen, has been absolutely dominant in yep. the trenches so far, no matter when whether they won or lost. So it'll be interesting to watch that one. Let's move to the Sunday action now, 3 p.m. on FS1, St. Louis at D.C. Defenders. Sometimes they say, you know, a little home cooking can do you good. DC finally gets home after their East-West travel, which we know is the major factor in all away games, is East-West travel. As per
3: Alex Marinoni. As as,
0: as per (laughs) the guru.
2: I would love all of you to look up the road records of the XFL this year and then get Mm -hmm. back to me. Especially Uh, the ones that leave the time zones. I'm
3: looking at it right now.
2: Let's see. Dallas Renegades, 2-0 on the road.
0: Hmm. Explain that. they leave the time zone? Hmm. I think you should start a travel service, by the way. Listen. As well as being an XFL guru. (laughs) Listen. Listen. Marinoni travel service. But let's get into this. Numbers do not lie. Oh, if if Emery was here now, I swear. That's the only reason he's saying what he's saying.
2: Three home teams teams win week one. Let's see. Three home teams win week two. Let's see. Three home teams win week three. Let's see. (laughs) Three home teams win week four. So is D.C. the one loser or one of the three winners against
0: St. Louis? Oh, they're a loser. (laughs) 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 not even a, th- a thought about this game listen
2: Goodness. this and know uh, all seriousness this is a uh this is the worst team they should be facing right now after the last two weeks going True. up against the most complete mm-hmm. team the team right now in the battlehawks who have the least amount of questions i think we could say that the roughnecks yes they're four and oh but they are, like we, uh, Troy mentioned before, they're giving up points. So this Battlehawks team is just taking care of business on both sides of the ball, and they're not doing it in ways that make you feel like, like they're doing it all ways. Jordan Taiamo is winning a game by himself. Then you got a game against the Guardians where you didn't, it didn't matter who was quarterbacking. They were running down their throat. So it's, it's, it's a tough matchup for D.C. to have. You, you're right. Home will help here, but I think the game will be closer. But ultimately, I think the Battlehawks are just going to be too much.
1: I kind of go the same way on that. Now, interestingly enough, the Vegas line on this gives uh, gives DC three and a half points. It's a little bit closer than I would have expected that today.
0: And we've and we've thought this too. What does Vegas know that we don't? We said that every yeah. single week,
1: but. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you got
3: it. Well, what I was going to say is that the D.C. is home, and they're 2-0 and at home. Vegas is yeah. probably looking at that. Their two losses were on the road, and the Battlehawks are
1: traveling to D.C. to take them on. I think they'll rebound. One time, Tom. So. I think they'll be better, obviously. But, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they can't They can't be much worse than they were last week anyway. No. But I think they'll be better, but I think this, like you said, is a very complete St. Louis team. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's going to be too much to overcome there. But So I'm going to say probably Battlehawks by seven, maybe eight.
0: Yeah, because Matt Jones is going to be another factor as well. Mm-hmm. He's second in the league in rushing. And, of course, Jordan Ta'amu has been the best dual-threat quarterback so far this year. be interested to see how D.C. defends that.
3: Yes, he has. The, my biggest thing I'm looking for in this game is Cardell Jones. Which Cardell Jones is going to step up? Is he, is he going to revert to back to who he was these past two weeks? Or being home, is he going to get in a good mindset and bounce back over for his first losses ever in his career and do well.
0: I think they should put Cardell Jones in a dark room and just show him highlights from Ohio State until he gets happy again. <laughs> Just be
1: like, I won that game. Yay.
0: <laughs> show him high school games. I won that game too. Go back to your
1: halcyon days of victory. <laughs> exactly. Do
0: something there. Let's get into the last game, though, and this one is also a very intriguing one. This is a 9 o'clock game, by the way, ESPN, out on the West Coast, primetime, Tampa Bay at Los Angeles. L.A. coming off a tight loss to New York. Certainly, you know, one that, you know, it, it, you lose a game like that that close, it's a kick in the gut. Tampa Bay finally gets their first win. They're finding an identity. Looks like they've finally got a formula that they can go to in the running game with Davion Smith and uh, Chukwuz Patrick. What do we like about this ball game? Cuz this looks like it could be a Vipers team that's on the way to 2 and 3.
2: Yeah. I mean, um <clears throat> as we were talking up the Vipers already, this is this is a big test for them. Uh, going against a team like on prime time with Josh Johnson at quarterback, a guy who can handle that type of situation, uh, and they're—I'm gonna say it—they're traveling across three, country three times. <laughs> three times zones traveled. Listen, I think uh, I think this is this is a big game for both teams because the Wildcats have shown that even though a one-in-three record, just like the Vipers, the Vipers are starting to show that they're better than what their record shows, and this is a team that nobody's out like we were mentioning earlier nobody's out of the playoff front so if they wildcats want to get back they know that this is a game they have to get right especially at home they can't drop a game to a team like the vipers who honestly are right now one dimensional team
0: i'm going to give you another another job for you if you started Maranoni betting lines how <laughs> much is how, how much per time zone is it is it the plus minus for the away team? It's huge, man. I'm you. <laughs> but for each one, so if it's one time zone, is it what plus two, minus two? Plus I can't give away my secrets. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so three time zones, it's over. Game, it. game's done. Only winner on one time. You got to,
2: you got to be very good, and you got to be going at someone very bad to handle them on the, those types so of games. So Jets
0: and uh, never mind.
2: Insert team. <laughs> never mind, Scott. What are your thoughts on this ball game?
1: This is another one that's going to think it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, like you I mean you have, you've, he's already covered everything at this point. Um, yeah, you gotta I stop, know, you got to like, stop starting with me. I was just, just going <laughs> to say that because you're starting out with him on that, and then I got to try and figure it out, you know. But in this case, you've got a wildcat team that had a heartbreaker of a loss. I mean, that was as bad and rough as painful a loss of things they can go through. But you have a viper team that is fired up, but again, traveling off, you know, to the entire opposite side of the country on that. I don't know. I mean, my gut tells me that uh, LA will win this. But my heart tells me that Tampa will. So I'm going to go as vanilla as possible and say, I don't know. As boring <laughs> as possible, as vanilla as possible.
0: That's up with me and my hot takes on the FCS podcast. <laughs> it's just a, a, a nondescript hot take. I believe
1: a team will win.
0: Well done. I mean, I mean
1: here's the thing. <laughs> you know, I want to take this just for, for novelty stake. This, t- this game actually could be the first one to go into overtime.
0: There we go. Because we have not had okay. one yet. There we go. Sure. I, I want to see the shootout
1: over time. I do too. I think I think the fans want to see that. I is Taylor notice?
2: Cornelius and Josh Johnson the guys we want to see doing the shootout though? <laughs> hey, Josh Johnson was doing fine last he week. He's and fine. Then... That, I just feel like it'd be over quick if that was the case. But <laughs> <laughs> watch Tyler Cornelius. is like he's, he's the Pavel Datsuk of shootouts. He's just got it's just sick yeah. Hands he's got five just... plays that he's just. I
0: got this. Just, it's his own, It's not even his own playbook. He's just ripped sheet out that he's written yeah. in a notebook under his bed and just like. Yes. <laughs> just moment. just out of there. Troy, what are your thoughts on this ballgame?
3: I think that it's going to be extremely interesting what develops out of this Quentin Flowers situation. Mm. Yep. If he does come back to the team this week, how much gameplay will he actually get? Because through the first three weeks, he got a good amount of gameplay. Yes. Whether it be situational or taking care of the whole drive for the Vipers, if he does come back, would it be sort of a punishment to not play him at all? as well as is spruce going to come back for the wildcats because True. if spruce mm-hmm. comes back for the wildcats that's why they're arguably their wide receiver one that they're one of the best wide receivers that they're getting back in the xfl could make it a long game for the vipers let
0: me put it this way in terms of the quentin flower situation when he is not involved on the field i'm not saying if it's better or worse they have a solid game plan whereas in, before we talked about it with Coach Trustman, was his indecisiveness in picking what he wanted to do. We saw it in week one where he went to Murray and he struggled, then they went to Flowers, who was successful, and then went back to Murray. We've seen it time and time again through each week. And yet the one week when Flowers isn't involved in the game plan at all, they get the dub. it simplifies and they get the W. Again, that's not an indictment on Flowers as a player. It's not an indictment on his skill set within the offense. But when it's just one guy, then they're decisive with it Tampa bay was successful
3: on top of that you also have a wildcats team who just lost to the guardians where victor mm-hmm. ran all over them heading against this viper's team where they have two running backs in the top three in the league in rushing so if they don't get that under the control this can be a long game for them but if you have noticed i have not given any predictions for any of these games yet. <laughs> The reason why? Call
0: somebody out for making predictions, and that doesn't make it yeah, absolutely. Because
3: I give my best bets on the XFL Game Day Show that you can catch Friday at six thirty on the Game Plus Network. What check a your local listings? What
0: a plug! Yeah. And I was about to do that on the show too. See what happens when you sit in this chair. You sit to my <laughs> left in, in position number four in the Absolute studio power here. Power corrupts. <laughs> so power does corrupt. <laughs> and just so Emery again, here's the thing: Emery is definitely going to be back next week. We said he was going to be back this week. He isn't. He's still doing his scouting stuff, which you can find on footballgameplan.com. You can find all the scout rankings and on YouTube. You can find all the videos there, position by position, even wide receivers are broken down. He is going to fry all of us, I'm sure, (laughs) for one reason or another, between you and your time zones, you and your – bold predictions scott just in general okay. me same thing because i brought up <laughs> soccer once so that's gonna be make that twice now i was like, just, fascinated
1: to see where you're gonna go with that <laughs> just you know? just in
0: general could <laughs> be all over that but it's going to be a very fascinating and again we're at the halfway mark of the season folks we are halfway through the first season of xfl football and again for the naysayers out there if you want to compare this somehow still to the aaf you're still seeing over a million fans per game watching on TV.
2: Yeah, they got the big-time broadcast now. Watching this game on these secondary channels, these games are on ABC, they're on Fox, so you're definitely going to pull in the numbers. And they're out. The biggest thing is that they're outdoing a lot of NBA games and all the other leagues across America.
0: And if they can survive three more weeks, they've outdone the AAF.
2: Yeah. <sighs> so,
0: which at this point doesn't seem like it's going to be any problem.
2: Quick, can you name the one quarterback who clinched a playoff spot in the AAF? Hmm. Some guy out of Division Two Texas AM and m Commerce, uh, oh, what's his name? Perez, I believe. Luis Perez of the Birmingham Iron went 5-3. and three. Just saying. <laughs> I will. I will.
3: <laughs> Who would have thought?
2: <laughs> Who would have? Hmm. Listen
0: back to the podcast, folks, I think you're going to be finding us a little bit more right every single time you listen. And while you're there, you can subscribe and give us a five-star rating and let us know what you want to hear on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can listen back to any of our previous podcasts, as well as the NFL, college football, anything you want to know. It's where football makes sense here at Football Game Plan. That'll do it here for the Week 5 preview. For Alex Marinoni, Scott Churchson, Troy Anthony, I've been David Hassegan. We will see you next week.